it was such a bad experience fighting for the custody of my children, being accused falsely of molesting the children. And I just remember thinking, there's got to be more to this. What is all of this? Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. Today, we're going to talk about how a former atheist came to believe in Jesus as his Lord and Savior. In our last show, David Heiser shared with us his lifestyle as an atheist was plagued with anxiety and depression, in which he would use alcohol to numb the pain and uncertainty. He came from an atheist family And he was well-educated in atheism, and everything was going well in his life until his 42nd year as an atheist. His life went through great turmoil, where he went through a high-conflict divorce, and he was diagnosed with cancer at the same time. He shared in the last show that his perspective on life was like running up a hill, chasing after boxes, one after another. But every box was empty. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So you're at the point in your life... You're going through a nasty divorce, emotions are heavy, and you get cancer on top of that. And you really hit rock bottom. So tell me, how did you handle it all? Yeah, that is a rock bottom moment. You know, you don't really know how to process it. And processing really at that point isn't something that we're really capable of doing. But yeah, it was such a bad experience fighting for the custody of my children, being accused falsely of molesting the children just for financial gain. And I just remember thinking, there's got to be more to this. What is all of this? And at this point in my life, I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards agnostic. You know, there were things that were happening in my life that I just couldn't explain scientifically or materialistically. And there had to be something more. And I just didn't really know what it was at the time. And so as I'm going through this diagnosis, right, and telling a lot of my friends, most of whom were Christian, about, you know, being diagnosed with cancer. And most of them were pretty aware of what I was experiencing with the divorce. They're like, Dave, we're going to pray for you at church. We're going to get you on a prayer chain. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, go for it. You know, not really rebuking it, but not accepting it either. Just kind of, eh, well, I hope it works. You know, I'll roll the dice at anything right now because things are pretty bad. And so it was about the day before my surgery, I was getting all the well wishes calls and they were like, Dave, you know, we've been praying for you, had you on a prayer chain at church that, you know, you go to about 10,000 people and then someone else would call and it was five and then someone else, it was 12 and a good friend of mine and colleague, you know, she had her mother in Portugal and her and these Portuguese women were baking prayer breads for me, you know, and that was a couple of hundred. And when we added it all up, I'm sitting there as I was going into surgery, it came to over 70,000 complete strangers praying for me. And I just was extremely touched. I was like, wow, you know, I mean, these people have no idea who I am, yet they're taking time out of their day, you know, to talk to the God that they believe in to heal me. I was like, wow, that's impressive. And of course, I go through the surgery and uh, come out on the other side. I'm supposed to, a week after my discharge, see my oncologist. And the day before the follow-up appointment, it was postponed with no real explanation. So that was a little unnerving. 
And the following week went by, they rescheduled my appointment and I got there. My girlfriend at the time was with me and we sat down in the oncologist's office and here comes this doc in and he kind of sits down on a stool with a big huff and just says, Dave, I, I don't know how to tell you this. And I just remember looking at my watch, trying to figure out how many days I might have. I'm terrified in this moment. And I said, but what do you mean? How much time do I have? The doctor's like, no, that's not what I mean. And he goes, it's good news. The cancerous tumor that you had was completely encapsulated in benign tissue. And the reason for the postponing of your follow-up appointment is I had to send your tumor off to multiple pathologist labs to get an accurate result. And I said, and what does that mean? He goes, well, we needed to make sure that the cancerous tumor didn't breach the margins of benign tissue. And it didn't. So when we took the tumor out, you're cured. You have no cancer. And the first thing out of my mouth was, well, so when do we start radiation? Because <laughs> you know, I wasn't comprehending what he was telling me. He goes, no, no, we're not going to do radiation, Dave. He goes, you're cured. You don't have cancer anymore. And in that moment, I was thinking about all these prayers. And I'm thinking, wow. And this image of literally a God putting his hands around the tumor and just cupping that tumor, saying, hey, surgeon, go ahead and take this out. He's going to be okay. That's the image I immediately got into my mind. And just, there has to be a God. And I got to find out who that is. That is amazing. What an amazing feeling of getting a second chance at life. And you were taking this second chance to seek who this God was. And you went on a hunt, started researching different religions to find out what was the truth. Which religions did you look into? Oh, I looked into all of them, <laughs> quite honestly, you know, and doing a lot of reading about, you know, everything from Islam to even Hinduism and Buddhism and Christianity as well. I mean, I was reading The Case for Christ, Imagine Heaven. I was reading just a number of books, reading really kind of Christian authors, but I hadn't yet read the Bible. And so I finally did. And it was the most amazing experience going through the Bible and realizing that it was really a love story. And the really unique thing about it is the object of the love in the story was me. Because whenever I've read a love story, the object of the love in the story is always another character in the story. And so I had this, such a unique kind of experience reading the Bible, realizing that the Old Testament, there's this God, and all he really wants, he just wants a relationship. He's constantly pursuing his people all through the Old Testament. And then it culminates in the New Testament with the greatest act of love of all, you know, the sacrifice, right? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us, for each and every one of us. And I was like, wait a second. That's the God that would have put his hands around my tumor. That's the God that would have done something like that out of sheer love. When I'm reading about a lot of these other religions, it wasn't about a relationship. It was always about rules. And when you think about it, I mean, if God were to force love on us, then the very act of love becomes nullified because it's not something that you could force. But I can force rules on people and it doesn't nullify the rule. And so it just all came back to me going, wow, yeah, this God, the one who truly loves and the one who truly wants a relationship, that's the God that would have put his hands around my tumor. So you realized that the God who healed you was the Christian God as you were reading the Bible, almost like you recognized him through the text. That is so great. Now, after receiving Jesus as Savior, how did your viewpoint in life change regarding your purpose? I mean, before you saw yourself as going uphill, chasing after empty box after empty box. Did that experience change? Yeah, so I was no longer, you know, seeing another empty box way up a hill. My life now, I, I kind of envision it as I'm actually sitting in a box with everything I absolutely need. You know, it's the very comforting and easy feeling. 
I could get cancer again. And I know that even if the result of that cancer is, you know, Dave, you're going to go to Jesus, you're going to be with God, then wow, that's actually really good. (laughs) You know, I would love to be able to spend that eternity with Jesus Christ because when you're an atheist, I mean, death is just an empty void afterward. There is nothing. And so when you're thinking about this new eternity that, you know, is from going from atheist to Christian, it's just such a beautiful expression that, you know, you would just totally want to embrace it. That is so true and so powerful. And it wasn't just the experience or feeling that changed. You actually had some things where God helped you to get custody of your kids and he restored your life to a life of peace and fulfillment. That's amazing. I also understand that you have written a book. It's called One Simple Equation, describing something really unique where you have made basically a mathematical equation as a representation of what you've experienced discovering faith as a former atheist and discovering the true depth of real faith in Jesus Christ. Can you tell us more about that? Well, so the book One Simple Equation really stems from probably around 2014. I believe that God had put on my heart this equation just to help me along in my path to really understanding my faith and really getting a good grasp on God's love for me. And so this equation is just simply your faith, which is F equals TL cubed. So faith equals the amount of T, the trust that you apply to God's love. And the cube just represents the fullness of God's love, the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the love of the Holy Spirit. And so really the book, it's not about a mathematical equation. It's just I take you kind of looking through this lens of an illustrative mathematical equation to really try to understand God's love for each and every one of us. So any Christian that just really wants to get a better grasp on the love of God, this is a great tool for that. Because what I do through the book is I take God's love out as the constant term in the equation and replace it with like money and actually use the dollar sign to the power of six and to the power of six because everybody wants to be a millionaire, right? One with six zeros equals a million dollars. <laughs> so and then I use the self and power and leadership and I use desires of the flesh and material possessions as these different terms that you can try to replace God's constant love and it just constantly shows how it breaks down. And so you don't really have to have any mathematical knowledge to read the book. It's just a very simple illustration. And so really what I want people to know is it doesn't matter what the secular world throws at you. You can literally plug whatever that is in replacing the love of God, and you just see how it breaks down. And it's even really good, I think, for somebody who's kind of on the fence saying, hey, you know, what is all this faith, God, this stuff about Jesus Christ, right? What does it really mean? And the book does a great job of answering a lot of that. That's awesome. How can we find out about your work and more about your book? So the website is very simple. It's www.f equals, and equals is spelled out. It's not the equal sign, tl3.com. And the email address is very much the same. It's just f equals tl3 at gmail.com. And of course, equals is always spelled out. Well, David, your story is a huge encouragement to anyone who is a Christian. As becoming a Christian from a knowledgeable atheist, it is such a powerful testimony. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you very much. If you're going through a hard time in your life right now, you're going to want to stay tuned. I'll be right back after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services 
and our Awakening the Nations monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back. Let's dive a lot deeper here because as we're talking about here, David is at the point where everything turns against him and he doesn't know where to go. He didn't believe in God and he didn't know where else to go. And so he ended up finding that there is a real God that was there for him. What about you? Where do you turn to? You know, God is here for you in your time, in your moment. The Bible says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. That means like you're stressed out and I will give you rest. The Bible talks about that Jesus has a place of rest for you. And you can receive it right now. I'm going to pray for you, my friend. Lord Jesus, we just come to you to get that rest, that peace. We receive your grace in Jesus' mighty name. I pray you're blessed by this show, and I know your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.